0: It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by UFC expert, UFC guru. Got Mean Gene in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Mean Gene 0022. You guys can always get us on the bettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, fight fans, here we go. Uh, We got UFC 273. This event will take place at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. This one is live on pay-per-view. Event headliner for UFC 273, we're going to have Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean Zombie. Now, typically, Gina and myself, uh, we generally preview the main cards, but when we do have some undercard fights that we do want to go ahead and preview, uh, we will do just that. So we do have one here that Gina and I will preview. Uh, so Gene, let's go ahead and bring you here into the mix. You know, this is an event that's probably going to be, you know, one of the bigger cards of the year. Volkanovski versus Korean Zombie. Uh, we got a belt on the line for that one. We also get the long awaited rematch uh, with Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan. Yet again, another belt on the line for that fight and the fight that, uh, I honestly think a lot of people are buying this card here for Gene. Gilbert Burns versus Kamzat Chimaev. Uh, those are the three main fights on the UFC 273 card, and we'll also preview three other fights for this card. But Gene, I do have to ask you, how excited are you for UFC 273?
1: Very excited. This is the clearly the best pay-per-view of the first quarter for the UFC, and it's stacked. And the thing I like about what the UFC is doing here is back in 2020, you had Jacksonville, Florida. The only city, only state that was willing to accept the UFC and and hold events. And the UFC ended up holding three events in May. And it all culminated with the UFC 249 where we had that big match between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje uh, for the interim belt or for the right to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov. So UFC did not forget about that. And they're hooking Jacksonville back up two years later or less than two years later with this card and it's absolutely stacked. You've already listed out the top 3 fights and I agree with you with the Combs at Chamaya versus Gilbert Burns. I think many fight fans are most excited and and that's the highly anticipated fight on this card which is crazy this crazy to say with the two other fights being title fights, but man this guy is potentially a superstar, you know, Conor McGregor type superstar level. So um, and he's finally getting tested. He's been dominant, and it's going to be interesting to see if he can pass his test against Gilbert Burns, who just fought for the welterweight title two fights ago. So, this is a big step up for Kamza. You know, as fight fans, we get to see if, if he's a real deal. So, and then you already mentioned the two title fights. We have the highly anticipated rematch with Sterling and Jan. That was a terrible way it ended with that disqualification. Obviously, the Volkanovski versus Korean Zombie. Korean Zombie is a fan favorite legend of the sport and he finally gets he, this is a second chance of trying to get that belt so it's stacked from top to bottom and uh, i'm super excited for it yeah you know gene the, the prelim
0: card and the early prelim card i uh, had some fights on there they got canceled then we had the main card uh, some fights got canceled there i think somebody came down with covid uh, we had Gaslam on the card we had a uh, latifi uh, dricka suplicis was on there and it was the guys were moving all over and i'm just like man it was it was a little difficult to be honest with you're trying to set up, you know, my work to go ahead and get ready to handicap this thing with all these fights getting canceled. But um, luckily the, the top three stayed. And I, I think that the intriguing thing about this card is it is Tremayev. It's it's who is he? What is he? I think there's a big unknown. And the fact that, you know, a lot of people now think that, you know, he's going to be tested. Um, we're going to get some answers. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people you know are buying this is because, you know, they're looking for the answers, too. They want to know, you know, how good is this dude? And although you, you know, you mentioned him in, in, in a breath with Connor McGregor, I agree with you, man. Like, there's a spotlight on this kid, and he has everything that, that you know, that, that a champion, you know, needs to have. And he's not exactly soft-spoken. He, he's a loud-spoken type of dude. So it's interesting. But I do think we'll get, you know, a lot of things answered there. But why don't we go ahead let's kick off the card here, Gene. Why don't we start out with one of the prelim fights uh, this is going to be a heavyweight fight here. We're going to have Jarcinio Rosenstruck. He's going to take on Marcin Tybura. Rosenstruck right now, right around minus 160, 150. Gene, I'm going to let you go ahead and rip a run on this one first. How are you feeling about Rosenstruck Tybura?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight. It's always nice to have a heavyweight fight on the uh, pay-per-view. And I would like to see it on the main event. I'm surprised it's not the opener or at least the maybe featured bout on the prelims. But regardless, we get two big heavyweights. They're going to look the bang. Uh, Rosenstrike. you know about him, perennial contender in the heavyweight division. He beats everyone from low tier to mid tier. And then once he gets up into that elite class, he ends up losing. You know, he loses to, to Ghan, he loses to uh, Naganu, and he loses to Curtis Blade. So it's interesting that the UFC is giving him Ty Burrow. I think it's a pretty big step back for him personally. Now, Ty Burrow has looked good. Recently, he was on like a four-fight win streak, and then he fought Volkov and lost that fight. So it's going to be interesting for both fighters to see if they can bounce back into the win column. For me, breaking this fight down, like I had just said, Rosenstreich loses to the elite of the elite in that division. I do really think this is a step back for him. Ty Burrow, where he potentially could have some success, is with his takedowns. He He likes to push forward, grind the fighters up against the cage, take them down. And kind of maul him, but he doesn't really have good control when he's in in, in top position on the ground. And Rosenstrike, yes, Rosenstrike does have a questionable uh, takedown defense, but he's almost like Derrick Lewis. You know, Derrick Lewis doesn't have good takedown defense, but you take him down, he's just gonna stand up regardless of what you try to do to him. Any submission threats, he doesn't care. He's just gonna stand up. And that's how Rosenstrike is. And you've seen that in two fights Cyril Gahn is a good takedown artist. He was only able to take him down a couple of times, wasn't able to hold him down for long periods of time. And then Curtis Blades, who is like clearly one of the best wrestlers in all of the UFC, regardless of division, he had issues with um, holding Rosenstrike down. I believe he only took him down two or three times as well and ended up going to un- unanimous decision. So, long story short here, I just think Rosenstrike will be able to handle the takedown attempts from Ty Burrow. And then on the feet, he's just. He's light years better than Ty Burrow. Of course, both heavyweights. Ty Burrow does have power, but Rosenstrike's power is just on another level. And the way that Tybero likes to push forward that works into Rosenstrike's hands because Rosenstrike is a counter striker. He has really good check left hooks, and I, I see Ty Burrow running into one of those. So you're asking me who I have in this fight? I got Rosenstrike. I'm gonna bet Rosenstrike, and I also I'm gonna bet him by by KO. He's, he's had All of his fights in the UFC, all of his victories have come via KO. All of his victories in his career, his pro career, MMA, because he was formerly a kickboxer. So I didn't go back and look at that. But um, as an MMA uh, fighter, he has only had one win that was not a knockout. So not only am I going to take Rosenstrike to win, I'm also going to take him to win by KO, which I believe is was a plus 120, plus 125.
0: All right. Good stuff there from Gene. It's not often we go ahead and disagree, but I do disagree with you here, Gene. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the dog here in Tibera. Look, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about X's and O's, you know, when it comes to these two fighters. I clearly agree with you. Rosenstruck, the better fighter. But I believe this might actually come down to, you know, motivation. For me, it's pretty simple, Gene. You know, as you mentioned, Rosenstruck, he's faced the best in this division. Nagano, a loss. Cyril gone loss. Curtis Blades, loss. No, those three names, they're number one, number two, and number four, you know, in the heavyweight division rankings. And Rosenstruck, you know, not only did he lose to all those guys, but I think the road back for him, it's just, it's its a daunting road. You know, what's he going to have to do? Is he going to have to fight, you know, three, four kind of journeyman kind of Tybura guys and then go back through that gauntlet again? that That's kind of a tough road. And, you know, that road could also involve, you know, maybe a tie to a Vasa. Uh, or Derek Lewis, as you had mentioned to me, it's like, you know, Rosenstruck knows what the top has to offer and it's not pretty, you know, watching gone versus Rosenstruck tells me that, you know, Rosenstruck is just in a different class. He is in this, you know, Marcin Tybura type class, uh, maybe with the Dacus or, or the Volkov, but now Tybura, you know, he hasn't faced the top of the division yet and he might never face them. You never know, but you know, he has to at least have that hunger you know, to at least want to go ahead and face these guys to, you know, maybe potentially get to, you know, a, t- a title fight. So in my opinion, I, I don't really think one guy is really so much better than the other. I do like the the motivational point here uh, for Tibera So for me, Gene, I'm going to be on the opposite side of here. Uh, I will go ahead. I'll take Marcin Tibera uh, as the underdog. You can get him right around plus 130, plus 140. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'll do that. And that'll wrap up the one prelim fight there that we Gene and I are going to go ahead and do. Uh, so let's jump over to the main card. Gene, I'm going to go, I'm going to start the main card off with a bang here. And, uh, I got a best bet for the opening fight here. I don't give out many best bets. Uh, but when I do, you know, I, I pretty much do, you know, rather well. Uh, the last one I gave out was a three star underdog. I think, I guess you could call it like my fight of the year was on tie to Avas over Derek Lewis. Uh, easy cash with that one. And I hope that, you know, I end up with an easy cash here. So let me go and give you guys my best bet for UFC 273. Uh, this Again, this will be the opening fight on the main card. Uh, we have Vince Pichelle. We have him facing Marco Madsen. Gina, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Pichelle here. Uh, Vince Pichelle for What's it? Vince from hell Pichelle uh, as my best bet. Current odds right now, Pichelle minus 145 on Fandle. Shop around. Uh, the last time these two guys were in the cage. Uh, coincidentally, it was actually on the same day on the same exact card that was back in August 21st, uh, just this past summer. Pichelle, he fought Austin Hubbard, and Madsen fought Clay Guida. Uh, that was on the uh, the Cannoneer and Gastelum card uh, that was in the Apex in Las Vegas. I kind of remember that card there, Gene, rather well, uh, because Pichelle kind of showed me some stuff. Madsen was on that card as well, as I mentioned. Both fighters ended up winning, but no, I came away from the Pichelle fight uh, so much more in support, you know, of his performance. You know, I could argue, and and maybe you could too, Gene, that, that Guida actually beat Madsen in that fight. And I think many others will argue, you know, that Guida actually won that fight. It was close. You know, Madsen got the nod. Pichelle, natural striker. Madsen, you know, he's a wrestler. Uh, he's going to try to use his ground game. But, you know, Pichelle in that fight against Hubbard, you know, he showed that he could at least grapple rather well. You know, Hubbard took down Pichelle more than a few times in that fight. But, you know, Pichelle right back to his feet, you know, r- rather quickly. And when Hubbard did get Pichelle down, he generated like zero offense. So uh, for me, it was like Pichelle a- actually held his own. Now, Madison is an Olympic wrestler. Uh, he showed very little wrestling against Clay Guida. I don't know if that was, you know, necessarily by design. You know, I'm not really sure. But, you know, Madison to me, what I saw for him, very flat-footed, uh, very little movement. Uh, he's going to look to go ahead and walk you down slowly and go ahead and use his jab. And he actually has, you know, a half decent jab for a wrestler, but I don't think it's certainly going to, con- you know, confuse or, or concern, you know, a striker like the So So, uh, you know, not only do I like the fact that Michelle could hold his, hold his own on the ground. I actually think, you know, it, it is rather lopsided in favor of Michelle, you know, when it comes to the feet, he just has this weird lateral movement that, you know, as I mentioned with with Madsen, he's looking to establish some type of offense, trying to walk you down. But he's just so flat-footed that he just he can't seem to get off his offense. He he looked half decent with his jab against Guida, but Gene, you know, Guida he's not going to look to run away from you, dude. He'll stand right in front of you, even if you're walking down, and he'll he'll leave a stationary target for you. He'll let you hit him, and I think that's why Madsen ended up winning because. You know, Guida wasn't doing a whole lot to you know avoid all those punches that Madsen was throwing from him, but he's going to have trouble, I think, getting getting a hold of Pichél in this one. So I certainly think the path to victory for Madsen is to you know look to go ahead and wrestle. You know, maybe this entire fight in Pichél. I think he'll be he'll be rather prepared, you know, to go ahead and and fight off those takedowns, and he'll be you know looking to go ahead and keep this one on the feet. Madsen does have some cardio questions, while uh, Pichél certainly does not. Michelle is a taller fighter, and he has that in his favor. And, you know, he does have a little bit more UFC experience. You know, Madsen called out, you know, Gregor Gillespie, you know, after the fight that he ended up winning against Guida. So, you know, you got to wonder if this was like the fight that he was looking for, or maybe he knew that this might have been a potential clash, and maybe he was trying to avoid this. So, I don't know. Just based off everything I've seen, you know, starting back, you know, with the two of these guys on the cards from August, um i gotta I got to go with pashel here gene i think he he, he can hold his own on the ground much better on the feet and i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna play him as my best bet minus 150 uh, i like him quite a bit for this fight what do you got
1: yeah I, i'm i'm with you here man i love the breakdown great breakdown i think you hit uh primarily all, all the points i'm gonna hit as well so first off i want to start with that clay guida fight and that was a red flag for me you know mattson is undefeated you know, lower level prospect for the UFC, like you say, he's an Olympi- Olympian uh, in wrestling. So you know what he wants to do. You know, he wants to take take his opponent down to the ground. He has been working on his striking. But to be honest, it's pretty rudimentary at this point. And in that Clay Guida fight, you saw. So in, in his previous fights before that, Clay Guida, he seemed to have an issue with his cardio. You just spoke on that. He gets into the Clay Guida fight. We know how Clay Guida fights, right? I mean, this guy's a wild man. He's a madman. He's, he's bouncing all around. He's easily going to go three rounds. Give him a five-round fight. He's, he can go six or seven rounds. And you saw that Mark Madsen didn't want to get involved in that. And so instead of getting involved in this high-paced back-and-forth fight, he wanted to play the outside and use his jab. And I agree with you. Uh, he hasn't worked on striking, and that jab has gotten better, and it, it looks good. But – at the end of the day, Clay Guida rocked him like two or three times in that fight. Like legitimately rocked him down to the ground and almost finished him. And Clay Guida's not known for his power. He's not really known for his striking. He uses pitter-pat striking just really to get in on you and kind of grapple you, get you to get you down to the ground. That was a major red flag for me to see Madsen go go down from two shots from Clay Guida. Um, his his cardio was terrible in the third round was really struggling to hold on. And I agree with you. It was clearly a split decision fight. It could have gone either way. I can't remember where I had that fight personally, but um, I know it was a split decision 100%. So, And it was very questionable who won that. So so for me, now you enter, enter into this fight with Vince Pichel, and you got a guy that is a dog. This guy is going to, he's not Clay Guida, but he's going to give you hell like his nickname suggests. And Madsen's gonna have issues with his gas tank if he tries to. Okay, so he fought Clay Guida. All right, I'm you know I'm I'm gonna strike with you. I don't want to wrestle with you. But now Vince Pichéll, who ha- has shown that he has issues with his takedown defense, I'm gonna am I'm just gonna take this guy down. No, you just spoke on it with Vince uh, Pichéll versus Austin Hubbard when Austin Hubbard was getting them uh, Pichelle down, but was able to get right back up. And he was actually taking Austin Hubbard down a couple of times himself as well. So if Madsen wants to play that game where he's like, I don't need to strike, I'm not a good striker. Vince Pichelle is clearly the better striker in this matchup. So I'm going to play it safe and just wrestle. Yeah, man, I don't think you have the cardio to do that for three rounds against Pichelle because Pichelle going to he's going to give you hell for three rounds. So I just think Vince Pichelle on the feet is going to pick Mark Madsen apart. He has way more power than Clay Guida. I can see him easily landing a big shot on Mark Mat- uh, Madsen and getting him out of there. And then if Mark Matson wants to even attempt to to wrestle, it, it's going to be hell for him. And and, and Vince Michelle has no—he's going to have no problem standing up and dealing dealing with that wrestling, even if he's taken down. So um, I'm with you. I, I took Vince Michelle as well. I don't really have a prediction on how the fight's going to go. I could see it going either way—Michelle finishing him or or by decision. But um, I got Vince Michelle here, and 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 I, I love your bet. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Gene. You touched on a couple of things, too, um
0: that I didn't. So it, it seemed like a pretty solid handicap, one that I feel really good that that I have a best bet on, the fact that, you know, you added some extra stuff on there and the fact that you actually support that pick as well it makes me feel pretty good. Uh Let's jump over to uh, the female fight. We have Mackenzie Dern going to take on Tisha Torres. Gene, I'll go first on this one. This one right now is, is lined right around a pick them So shop around a little bit, you know, depending on who you want to see, maybe if you could find some plus money. To be honest with you, Gene, I could not pick a fighter in this fight. Went back through, watched a bunch of fights from Dern, went back through, watched a bunch of fights from Torres, and I could see the path to wins and losses for both of these girls. Torres, ton of offense, punches, kicks, knees, elbows. She's going to throw everything at you. She'll even, you know, throw a takedown or two in. She's just relentless with her offense. It's just an absolute arsenal attack. You know, she can fight going forward, backward. Uh, her offense—it just never stops. And Dern, you know, she's a submission specialist. If she can get anyone down to the mat, she's just a real threat to go ahead and submit them. So, for me, Gene, when I look at this, the odds are right on. It's a pick'em, and for me, you know, it is an absolute toss-up. So, I'm sitting here thinking about it, and I'm like, well, what the hell do I do here? Do I just pass, or or do I find a wager that I like? And I I keep thinking. I know how these girls are going to win, and I also know how they're going to lose. So the only thing I can do here, Gene, I think that this might actually be the smartest way for me to go ahead and bet the fight, and and maybe for those of you who who might be on the fence, go ahead and, and take Dern to go ahead and win here by submission, and you could get plus 240 because I really don't see any other route for her to beat Torres. And go ahead and play Torres to win this one by decision at plus 160 because I don't see another path for her to victory. I certainly don't see her submitting Dern. Torres, I think she's more of the distance fighter. So betting her to go the distance, it just makes a lot of sense to me. And we know what Mackenzie Dern's going to do. She's going to try to submit you. So I'm actually going to make two wagers in this fight here, Gene. I'm going to play Dern by submission plus 240. Torres by decision plus one hundred and sixty. Look, if it goes any other way than that, then then you know no harm, no foul. Uh, I'm not going to bet this huge, but I just feel like I I really know the past to to the win and to the losses. And if I could get two wagers at, at plus money, I feel decent about that. Obviously, I'm hoping you know that that Dern could go ahead and get me the money, but I think I'm actually rooting for Tisha Torres to win this fight, uh, just because I think that. She reminds me of of somebody like a, like a Shevchenko, where there's just so much offense there. She's just so fun to watch, and I would like to see her, you know, go ahead and prevail and uh, see who, you know, who who potentially she could, you know, end up fighting, you know, later on in her career. So that's what I'm gonna do there, Gene. Not sure if you like that, but that's just what I felt the most comfortable with. So that's my pick for that fight.
1: Yeah. So just let the listeners in on this. We don't, we don't talk before we handicap these fights. Uh, we don't talk before we preview the card, anything like that. We just hop on and give our, you know.
0: Uh, it sounds like you're already trying to say that, that you might have one of the picks that I just gave
1: out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to get long-winded there. Long story short, what I'm saying is we don't talk before. And then your, your handicap is spot on, man. It's crazy. Back-to-back fights. Um, it's, it's literally like right off of my notes. It's amazing. Um, and I, I think again you hit on all the key points. This this clearly is a pick I struggled as well trying to pick this. I initially wanted to go Mackenzie Dern. She opened as the underdog and then now she's the favorite. Then I started doing the tape study and I, I mean, I already know about Mackenzie Dern. I've been on her before and obviously broken down her tape in the past, but Tisha Torres the the thing that really kinda of swayed me back, not saying I'm not gonna Tell you who I'm picking yet, but what swayed me back towards the Tisha Torres side was just her energy. You know, she's she's hard to corral in the cage. She's an in and out fighter, she's fast, she comes in, boom, 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 hits you like two, three times and gets out. And with Mackenzie Dern, you know, like you said, she's a submission specialist. She's not good at striking. Her striking has gotten better over the past couple of years. It just hasn't gotten better fast enough for my liking. And trying to corral Tisha Torres is going to be tough for her. The one negative aspect of of Mackenzie Dern's game, which even more than the striking, I want to see her work, is the wrestling. I don't understand this. Her wrestling is just not good. If she even had decent wrestling, she'd probably be undefeated. I mean, because even these strikers, when she gets in on them, she's able to take them down. Her issue is she cannot wrestle. She cannot get these women down to the ground. A lot of the times, the women end up tripping or or dive. You know, they hurt Mackenzie Dern and they dive in on her, trying to, you know, finish her. And then Mackenzie Dern locks up a submission. So, if there's one thing that she can work on, of course, the striking. Yes, you want to be well rounded. My my gut, my goodness, the the wrestling is what she really needs to work on, where she can get these women down. So, um, yeah, I had trouble with this as well, breaking this down. I am definitely leaning towards McKenzie Dern. Um I'll be I'll be honest, I already bet on her when she was plus money because I just thought the value was good at that point in time. Now that it's minus 125 or 120, I still don't think it's a bad bet to take her, but on the other side is like Tisha Torres. I I, I can easily see her just picking McKenzie apart, McKenzie cuz McKenzie's not quick on her feet. When she does strike, she looks for the big shot. She throws one, two, Overhand right, you know, she's it's 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 very rudimentary striking, but she does have some pretty good power. So could she rock Tisha? Of course she could, and then get her down. Um, the the reason why I still lean Mackenzie Dern is because Tisha Torres does like to grapple in the sense of she likes to she likes to rush in, hit you one two three times, and then get out. She does like to bully her opponents up against the cage as well. And she'll, she'll try to trip them, get them to the mat and try to land ground and pound. She's not going to want to do that against Mackenzie Dern, but that's just the type of fighter she is. So is she going to be able to change that after this long career that she's had? I mean, this is just who Tisha Torres is. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Mackenzie Dern to get her down. Um, And I just want to say like with Tisha Torres, she loses to the who's who she lost to uh, Jessica Andrade, former champion, Young Jacek, former champion. Wally Zhang, former champion. Marina Rodriguez, probably future champion. And then she beats, you know, the lower level and average. And pardon me, she also lost to Rosnam Younis, current champion. But she beats all of the lower level fighters in her division. She beats the middling fighters. And Mackenzie Dern is probably at the top of the middling um, uh, middling fighters in, in this division. So it's just going to be interesting. I'm just, as a fan, I'm interested to, to watch this to see, like, hey, is, this is a real test for Mackenzie outside of her last fight against Marina Rodriguez. She lost to Marina Rodriguez. Now she's finding a good, scrappy veteran and, and Tisha. I just want to see, like, hey, can you can you finally corral one of these girls and get them to the ground and, and do what you do? So uh, my official pick is Mackenzie Dern. Um, and I think you are spot on when it comes to breaking it down. Mackenzie Dern, if she's going to win, it's going to be by submission. And Tisha Torres literally just goes to the decision every single time. So that's the only way you can bet her. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, maybe could go to a decision, but I like the submission. That's like ninety percent, ninety five percent that's gonna happen. With Tisha Torres, if you're taking her, you do not take her outside of the, the decision. There's absolutely no way she she um knocks out Dern or she submits her. So um official pick, Dern. I
0: have to say, Gina, I'm I'm kinda glad that you struggled to find, you know, the, the pick in this fight. And then you went back through and you watched the video and it it kind of, you know, pushed you one way or the other. And th- I was glad that I watched the video too, because I was originally, I was on Torres. And after I watched the video, um, I'm like, man, I'm like, darn there's something there because I just, I watched a bunch of fights uh real close together. And I'm just like trying to draw this picture in my mind. And that was where, you know, I kind of found like the path to victory, the path to losses, but I'll tell you what really put me on, making the two wagers instead of instead of betting Torres was if you watch the Dern versus Rodriguez fight, one thing that Rodriguez did in that fight that didn't help her out, she was throwing these kicks, and Dern was catching, like, all of them. And and, and if you know Tisha Torres, a ton of offense, she's going to kick too. She's going to get caught by Dern more than a couple of times. Like, don't be shocked if we see Torres on her back, you know, three, four times in this fight. And that's the danger zone. That's what scares me, you know, about going ahead and and, and just wagering on, on Torres here. That's going to be the problem because if Rodriguez, the bigger fighter, you know, was throwing these kicks against Dern and Dern was catching him and put, taking her down, what could she do to Torres here? So um, that that's kind of really what put me on the fence was that you're kind of feeding into what somebody wants you to do so they can get you into – you know, the position where they feel best. And, um, you know, I wish I could just bet that. Will Tisha towers get taken down because she throws too many kicks and, during, you know, catches a bunch of them. That's going to happen in this fight. But great breakdown from Gene and I for that fight. Let's jump over to – let's talk Gilbert Burns here, Gene, and Kazmat Jumaev. Big line here, Gene. Kanzat's going to be like minus 500, minus 550. You know, the buzz around Cosmo right now, it's its massive. You know, when you look at, you know, all the UFC stars right now on, on center stage with the spotlight on them, you know, Comzat's there. You know, he's going to face a tough test, don't get me wrong, you know, in Gilbert Burns, but, you know, the odds are saying that Comzat's just going to walk right through Burns here. And, you know, the odds also say that, you know, that this fight is not going to go the distance. Uh, for this fight not to go the distance, minus minus two ninety. As I mentioned, out right now minus five hundred. Well, it looks to me like like this fight's not going to go the distance. The only thing I could do here, Gene, is is look to avoid laying like these massive prices. So what I'm going to do, and I found this on FanDuel, Kamzat uh, to go ahead and win in round one or two, and you could get that at minus one sixty, and that's under the round props under the alternate round uh, betting. So that's what I'm going to do for this fight there, Gene. Comes out to me, just too big. He's just too strong. Um, for me, the, the hype is real with him. Uh, I'm not sure if he even has a weakness, but, you know, that's something that it's hard when you get a guy like him who just goes in there and destroys people so quickly. It's like, well, you know, what are the flaws that this guy has? You know, we don't know. And as we mentioned in the beginning... You know, that's one of the reasons why people are buying this. You know, I don't want to take anything away from Burns. Burns is good. You know, he's fought for the title. But I think Chmayev is just on a championship level. And Burns, as we know, we, he kind of isn't. So the only way this this thing in my mind gene gets interesting is if Burns could get Chmayev down and keep him down for all three rounds. I just don't see, you know, how the hell that's even possible. So... Um, you know, because he's just too big, man. He's too strong, he's too athletic. Uh, I, I simply have no reason to back Burns. I can't come up with, you know, any any particular type of reason. I like the odds are saying this is gonna be a walkthrough. And I kind of agree with that there, Gene. I just if somebody could say that here's a weakness that, that chmayev has and and it's been exposed, then it would be easier for me to start saying, Oh, well, Burns could maybe do this, or I there's no maybe. Like there, there's no maybe with this guy, so that's what I'm doing, Gene. I'm taking Cosmo to win uh, alternate round betting. You guys can find it on Fanduel. have to win round one or two minus one hundred and sixty. That's what I'm going to do, Gene. I don't know if this is competitive or not. I, that's it's kind of where I'm at with this fight. What do you got?
1: Yeah, all the buzz is surrounding this fight. It's it's crazy, man. And you haven't again. You haven't seen this probably since Conor McGregor around the Rousey. Trying to think of another fighter, but those are the two that come to mind in the sense of a fighter that isn't even headlining. They're on a card, and again, this much buzz and, and the majority of fans in the height. Patty, player, a Patty, yeah, that's another great one. Great one, yep, yep. That's from a couple of weeks ago against UFC London. I think he was like the opening fight on the main card or whatever. He wasn't even, you know, amongst the top three and and all the hype and all the buzz was around him. It's the same thing, man. This guy is ridiculous. Um I'll just quickly say this we'll we'll bring this up in future podcasts. Patty, Patty, amazing. A lot of hype behind him, but he has a lot of flaws. Just as, you know, breaking him down as a fighter. Um I will definitely be fading him in, in if with the right matchup. Um because he does have major issues with his striking on the feet. Uh, he just gets rocked too much. But anyways, back to uh, Chamayev. Yeah, man, it's it's exciting. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm on the hype train with Chemaev. The guy's incredible. He has only absorbed two. I believe he's only ex- absorbed two strikes. And one of them being significant uh, strikes in four fights. And you got to look at the, the guys that he, his first two fights, eh. You know, the, the competition, whatever. But then he ended up fighting Gerald Mirchart, knocked him out. Gerald Mirchart... Mir- is you know top twenty in the UFC top twenty five like he's he's a solid fighter, um, gatekeeper maybe you would want to say but n- n- you know no no bum and then he ends up fighting um, Li Jiang Li uh, or Li Jiang I should say and uh, again you know middle of the road fighter but like this you know a lot of people have said he hasn't fought anybody it's it's not like he's fighting tomato cans like these guys are legit you know top thirty top forty uh fighters and it, it's crazy to see this guy's progression and he's just dominating him i mean he's only been out of the first round once and he finished that guy in like a minute in the second round so um the hype is real legitimately i think he is going to be the next big star in the ufc i think he's going to end up holding both titles um, he's fought two four times in ufc two times at middleweight two times at, at welterweight he's a big guy for the welterweight division Um, I think he ends up holding the title there, whether he beats Camaro or Camaro retires. And then I think at middleweight, I legitimately think he can give Adesanya troubles. Now, listen, I want to see him against better competition. I mean, this is just projecting out um, from what I've seen. So and he's getting that chance now. I love what the UFC is doing by giving him burns. They're giving him a guy that's a top three fighter, um, actually ranked number two in the division right now. And a guy that fought for the title against Kamaru Uzman and had Uzman rocked and almost out of there in that fight as well, but ended up getting dominated after that. So this is a, this is a big test for him, and I think he's going to pass it with flying colors. You know, the, the breaking down the fight, Burns, like you said, he's great on the ground, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, ace, but his wrestling, again, just spoke about um, Mackenzie Dern. The wrestling is just suspect, and that's the thing. When Yes, you're good at jiu-jitsu, but you got to get the guy down that's step one. Step two is you have to keep them down. And with Dern and with Burns, they both have trouble keeping their opponents down on the ground, which doesn't allow them to get the submission. So, um, yes, does Burns grapple? Does Burns, can he take down his opponents? Yes, yes, he can, but he has an issue hold, holding them there. And with Chamayev being so long and lanky, he's going to have no issues if he even gets taken down. If, yeah, if he can be taken down, we don't know. Um, striking on the feet, then you got Burns, who has legit power. He's getting better as a striker. He has a very slick uppercut. I, I love his slick uppercut; it's powerful. He's rocked guys in the past. um He has a good overhand as well. But the I, I feel like the 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 range, you know, the the, the lankiness of of Chimaev is Burns even going to be able to get in on Chimaev? You know, Chimaev is, from what we've seen, he's a good striker. He has a few knockouts on his on his um resume. And he obviously continues to get better as a striker. We've seen that progression over his four fights. So I, I just I think Chemayev has Burns covered everywhere. And it's it's just it's crazy. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's just crazy to see this. You know, we it was Connor McGregor, however many years ago, five, six, seven years ago, and and now we're seeing again with Chamayev come up. And I, I really hope that he performs the way I think he's going to perform against Burns. And um, so for me, in this fight, the pick is Chamayev. Absolutely no way I'm laying this that line. I think it's, I think it's egregious to have that big of a line um, with a guy like Burns in there. But there's no way I would touch that Burns line at all. So I would look more towards you have two ways of doing this. You have inside the distance, which I believe – what I checked early in the week was like comzat, I think it was like minus one seventy or something, one seventy five. That's not a bad bet, you know, five hundred instead of five you know, minus five hundred five hundred, you give him minus one seventy five. Then you have the two finishing props. So you have uh comzat to win by submission, I think it's like plus one fifty, and then for him to win by KO is plus one twenty. Burns has never been submitted in his career, so do I want to take both? Yeah. Cause I personally think Chamaev um, can submit Burns, but he's never been submitted. Burns is like legitimately one of the best Brazilian Jitsu practitioners in the UFC. Um, so, you know, I-, I think he can hold up and not, not get submitted by Chamaev. Now the knockout now Chamaev is talking. Now listen, you know, fighters always talk. He says he wants, he says he's going to knock Burns out in under a round or, you know, under two rounds, however you want to say, it, in the first round. Um, I don't know if he will or not, but I, I think that's a smarter bet, though, in general. I already I already bet it. Um, I took Chemaev to win by by knockout. I got plus 120 on that one. I, I just think Burns Burns has shown that he's been rocked in the past when he stands up. I don't think Chemaev's going to have any issues stopping Burns from trying to take him down. And at the end of the day, I think Chemaev, we've seen him in his past few fights, He's ragdolling guys and submitting them. I think he wants to show, hey, I, I, I can knock these guys out, too, like I did to, to Mirshart. So I got Chamaya, I think, in a dominating fashion. I think he finishes him under two rounds by KO.
0: When Chamaya brought over his last guy over to Dana, like within, what, like 40 seconds, he's like, hey, Dana, look, I got him over here. He brings him right over to his corner. His corner guys are sitting there, and that was it. It was like what ultimate disrespect it was like. All right, so the dude's that good. We know that. You know, one thing you pointed out that I think that it just it really threw me off. Burns Gene was he's gonna have trouble getting in there or even establishing any type of offense against Jamaya. If go back to the go back to the Thompson fight, we saw in like the first round of the Thompson fight, Burns was like struggling. He was like, "How do I get in on this guy?" Because he's awkward, and Thompson's like what six foot, but Jemaya was like six two, so. Now you're dealing with even more length. There, There's more distance there. And it was like, how is he going to get in? And I'm sitting there going, well, this isn't going to be pretty. This isn't going to work out well. If he struggled against Thompson getting in there, and look, and, and Burns got him down ground and pound. Like, he, he found that path. But is that path going to work here? It, it could completely backfire. He might not even want to be there. So I don't know, Gene. I, I think the length is an issue, too. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned it, and, and we had a chance to circle back to that. But um, I, I think it's a walkthrough here, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, his prediction it comes true, you know, where where this is over rather quickly. So we'll see. I mean, if the hype's real, you know, this is the fight that everybody's saying is, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be the test. Um, we'll see. Uh, I would not be shocked if uh, if, if Chemiyev wins this one you know, in, 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 impressive fashion, but uh, we'll see, we'll see how that is, it's going to be interesting, it's going to be a fun fight, Gene, I, that, that's the one I'm really looking forward to, um, and I've been looking forward to the next one, you no, know, for over a year now, and that's Aljamain Sterling, he's going to take on uh, Piotr Jan, Jan, another big favorite in this one, Gene, we're laying uh, minus 450, minus 500, not sure if, I'm not necessarily sure if that's right, but um at all the sports books i mean you're laying a big price here if you want to go ahead and take yawn uh, i'll let you go and rip a run on this one there gene i have a feeling we might be on the same side in this one but i'll let you go and rip a run on this one uh, we got a belt on the line here sterling Yan. what do you think
1: yeah i'm super excited for this fight long time coming the first fight was unfortunate how it ended with the knee yawn lost that first round Sterling going into that, into that fight. Let's, let's go back to the odds. You know, you, you said minus four or 500, whatever Jan is their first fight. It was a pick And I happened to be on Jan's side and was crushed, absolutely crushed when he was dominating Sterling and then through that stupid illegal knee. And, um, and then as a result, you know, st- you know, let's, I'll give you a little history behind it. So the hate towards Sterling, from a lot of the MMA fans is it's not that he took the illegal knee it's it's the acting after you know you see these guys take this illegal knee you know maybe they lay on the ground hey I'm I'm, I'm legit hurt but this guy's like looking up at the stars and the guy the ref comes over and the doctor comes over and looks at him he's up on his knees and then he like collapses back on onto his side it was just listen he won an Oscar that that night and I don't fault him for taking you know he I don't know if he was really hurt. I'm not saying that he wasn't. It was just the acting. He, you know, it's the LeBron James factor. You know, with with, with the the touch foul where LeBron's flying across across the court. It's one of those type of things. So um, that's where he, a lot of the hate came from. And then just you know, after that fight, he's you know partying, he's taking pictures, taking shots, like as if he clearly won that fight. When in reality, he was getting his ass whooped. He won the first round. Even the first round was close. He got dropped in the first round. But you know majority of people gave it to him. I believe the judges did. I did as well. But then Jan just took over from there and uh, won the, the next three rounds. So that's the heat towards Aljamain Sterling. After that fight, he they were going to rebook immediately. Dana White's like, we're, we're booking immediately. Sterling says, hey, I have to get surgery on my neck, which he was talking about before on some interviews, even before that Jan fight. So I don't d- discredit that. But um he got that surgery and then after that he kept pushing it off like i need to rehab even more and more even though the doctors had cleared him there was pictures of him um, sparring with his training partner who had a, a ufc fight um, after he had shortly turned down the rematch with Jan. so there's just a lot of stuff like that Jan ends up filling in and fighting uh, Corey sanhagen for the interim belt and again and this is i'm gonna get into this with my breakdown this will be key but again, Jan loses that first round. you already know where i'm going um and uh and then he ends up just taking over and just dominating san Hagen it ends up beating him Un- unanimous decision so long story short, you know Jan's ready for this you know he didn't he hasn't been sitting out for a year year and a half, like sterling has i believe it's been a year um but um Jan hasn't you know he's been active training, he ended up taking a fight for, for – a, a very dangerous guy in Corey Sanhagen. That guy was clearly number two or number one, whatever the rankings were at the time in the division. So, you know, he took that chance and he ended up passing it with flying colors. So now enter the rematch and you have this crazy line. And I think it's, I think it's valid. Um, again, I'm not going to bet Yana at, at these numbers. I personally just don't bet fighters at these numbers, regardless of how dominant of a, of a victory I think they're going to have. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really see anything changing. What, What's Algermain going to do different this time around? Yes, he's very good at with his submission game. He's a, he's a solid wrestler, like he's a credential uh, wrestler, good submission artist. He likes the backpack guys. He's really good at, at the rear naked chokes. Um, he's a pretty solid striker. He's getting better at, at that as well. He's a very good pace. He likes to stay in your face and that type of thing. But again, back to Mark Madsen he doesn't have that cardio. And so he can't keep it up for five rounds. And that's what we saw that first round. I think he threw like, I want to say like 70 strikes on Jan. He ended up winning. C- congrats. He won round one. It's a five round fight. He, t- he 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 gassed out. And that's why Jan was able to take over. On the other side, to speak on that, Jan, that's how he fights. He The first round, the guy's a terminator. That first round, He sits there and just analyzes the situation. Hey, you might be hitting them. You might be winning the round. But all he's doing is downloading that information, downloading that information. And he's going to use that against you in round two, three, four, or five. And that's what he's been doing his whole career. You know, that first round, you're like, if you bet him, you're nervous. And But then after that, he ends up dominating. I mean, like truly dominating his opponents. And I see nothing different here. Like what's young? Jan doesn't need to change anything. Jan is who he is. He's a pressure fighter. He's gonna stay in your face. He has incredible boxing, persi- um, precise striking, um, ridiculous cardio gas tank, uh, good work to the body, very good grappler. That was the thing that was shocking. Was like, um, oh, he's gonna get taken down He's a striker, blah, blah, blah. He was taking Al Jermaine down more than Al Jermaine was taking him down. It was ridiculous. Um, Jan is legit, man. He's you know, I'll just personally say he's one of my favorite fighters. He, if if you watch any fight in the UFC, like this dude is in the bucket list. You have to watch him. He's amazing, uh, amazing fighter. His style, and I don't see anything different. I think he's just going to stay in El Jermaine's face, and he's going to end up getting this un- unanimous, um, this unanimous victory. So let me break this down. Uh, a couple other things. One, if if you like Jan, look at it live because he might lose that first round. So instead of minus four hundred, five hundred you might get minus 200, you know, 250, something like that, something more tolerable. Um, that's that's one. Uh, number two is, yes, he's an incredible striker, ground to pound. And he, he finished Aldo, but typically he just kind of picks you apart. Can he finish you? Yeah, he's finished a bunch of guys, but he typically goes to decision, but it's a fun decision. Algermaine Sterling is tough. He's durable. Um, he's got the length. You saw in that previous fight, even though Jan was whooping his ass and and he knocked him down a bunch of times and quote unquote almost finished him, Sterling was in that fight. It was late in the fourth round when that knee landed. So we're pretty much going into the fifth round and Sterling was still there. So for me, um, you know, I threw Chumayev, I threw Jan and then the the next fight, uh, I'll just say you already know Volkanovsky. I mean, who's taking Korean Zombie? Um, I threw them in a parlay. I just want to say this real quick. DraftKings has a it's a Dan Lebitard, uh profit boost, which is like a 25% profit boost to take uh, um, Volkanovski, Jan, and Chamayev all to win. You get 25, and it ends up being like minus 127 to 130, something in that range. So I don't think that's a bad parlay. And then as for this specific fight, I like Jan to win by decision, which was plus 110. If you like him, if you think he's going to finish Sterling, it's plus like 120, I think, uh, plus 125. So, um, And then I, I don't remember what the decision uh, – pardon me, pardon me. Uh, the decision was, was plus um, was plus 110. For him to win by knockout, I think it was like plus 150. And then submission, You know, that's not going to happen, but submission was like 200-something. So I like Jan by decision personally. I think uh, I think Sterling's durable enough to, to hang for the five rounds. and uh, But Jan puts on the absolute clinic.
0: I have to disagree with you with this there, Gene, and, and I, I couldn't tell you that you're probably not any more wrong. There's no way Algermain Sterling got an Oscar for that acting job. Like, in order for you to get an Oscar, you have to actually be – you have to be pretty good at acting. That was absolutely terrible. <laughs>
1: like,
0: We're sitting there watching, yeah. and I'm like – Come on, dude! Like really, like I don't know, like how you, how well she could have done it, but it it just it it looked bad. Like if there were ever you know something that could make a fighter look bad, and, and look, don't get me wrong, it was an illegal knee. Jan threw it. Um, you know, the referee was like, "Hey, he's down, he's down," and then the corner was you know saying something else. And it happened so quick. I mean, Jan was perplexed, obviously, in, the, in that particular moment. He threw the knee. It, it was a disqualification, but it made Sterling look bad that, that you, I, and probably everybody else who was watching it, um, you know, we all saw the acting job. But you know what else we saw in that fight was Jan started to take over, and that's what worries me. And you know this, Gene. The longer you're in there with this dude, he's going to figure you out. And now you're giving him a second look and you have to wonder, you know, where does this fight go now that he gets a second look? Because I think there is a chance that it goes a decision. And I also think that there's a chance now that Jan could actually finish this fight. And it it all comes down to, you know, that, that, that second look. I I think Jan is, is in that, you know, that, that Cosmot Burns type of fight, like where this could be an absolute walkthrough here. Uh, Sterling, He gassed out in the last fight. We know that. It started to it just it started to look like it was getting really ugly. Like I hate to say that that the knee probably saved Sterling from um having to sit there and and watch John getting his hand raised, but in a sense, you know, he did. And 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 I and I know that there was surgery involved there, but I do have a I don't know if I have a question for Eugene, but I think I just have a question in general, because I don't know if you can answer this, but I wonder if if these guys get paid more, you know, for holding a belt for a particular amount of time, maybe that's one of the reasons why he did it because it seemed to me like he was gonna do anything he possibly could do in that moment when he was on the mat um to get a hold of that belt any way possible. Like there was something in it for him. And I I, I mean the only thing that gained him is is he's got to step
1: back in the ring He's got to step
0: back in the cage now with Jan. So, um. Yeah, let me
1: interject here. I, yes, 100%. I mean, it's, you, it's like the Super Bowl, you know, the Hall of Famers or whatever the football players, you can always say, hey, I got that Super Bowl ring or, hey, I'm a Hall of Famer. You always sign your name with the HOF at the end for these players. So it's the same thing with the UFC. I mean, to say that you were a champion in the UFC goes a long way with sponsors outside of the cage, you know, uh, speaking – uh, speaking engagements things of that nature so yeah man and and it's funny that you say that you're right you're spot on about the oscar yeah he would have won if it was good acting and yeah it, i guess it wasn't good acting i mean it's not even i guess it wasn't good acting um and that's why he lost respect i think listen was he a fan favorite before no but people liked him you know he he's a bubbly personality fun guy good you know good fighter a good guy outside the cage as well humble all that stuff but man like he he lost all respect after that terrible acting job that that he had in the cage and and like you said it's one thing like you don't have to be anthony smith when he fought john jones and john jones illegally need him he in the fourth round or third round whatever it was he could have said yeah i can't continue he would have been the light heavyweight champion and got all this money and sponsorships and he would have been guaranteed the the rematch which would have been even more money for him as a champion and pay-per-view buys and all that stuff. So, um, but he did not you know, he, I'll be real. He wasn't a coward, you know, he, 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 he was good to go and he kept fighting. He was already getting his ass whooped. It was the same thing with the, I think that's why people have such an issue with Sterling. It's like, dude, you got your ass whooped. And then instead of just saying like, yeah, I can't continue. Hey doctor, you know, I'm, I'm seeing double or whatever it is, like he's rolling around on the ground, holding his head you know, the ref saying, can you continue? And he's kind of like wishy-washy. It's like, he didn't really want to say himself that I can't continue or I want this belt. He was trying to put it on the, on the, on the doctor so he could blame the doctor. And the doctor never, never gave him that chance, you know, ended up falling on al And then, and then, like I said, after, you know, after the fight, then he ends up he gets the surgery, which it was warranted. Like I said, he had the neck issues even before that fight. He, I, I saw some interviews way before that fight was even booked that he had some neck issues. So I'm cool with that. But it's like, hey, he gets, he gets the surgery. He waited a long time to get the surgery. That's number one. And then after he got the surgery and he was cleared by the doctor and it was training and everything and ready to fight Jan, they offered him the fight. He turned it down again. And then like the next week, one of his training partners was fighting on a UFC card and there was a video of him training hard sparring with this training partner. And people were like, yo, dude, like you just turned on this fight with, with Jan, what are you doing here? So he just kept adding just piling crap on top of crap on top of crap of like, yo, you, are you know, <laughs> sorry to say, I mean, I don't want to swear, but yeah, <clears throat> you know, you, you could have handled a better way. I'll I say it a nice way. You could have handled a better way. It was, I know a majority of people are listening to a lot of men or whatever, even women, like they just wouldn't, they wouldn't handle, they wouldn't conduct themselves in, in that in that manner, to be honest with you. I, I was shocked to see a, a, a fighter of his caliber conduct himself in that manner. So all the hate that he's getting, I think, is warranted. And, you know, for me and a lot of fans, uh, we're looking forward to him um, losing on Saturday in the in the manner that was going to happen to him in the first fight. So.
0: For me, Gene, it was like, had he just been done and over with in a minute, um, it wouldn't have been a bad. But, I mean, I think I made a sandwich. I went to the bathroom. I came back. He's still out there just laying around. You know, I went out for a cigarette, came back. He's still in there laying around. It was like, dude, how long are you going to lay there? Like, I don't even know if they had a five-minute rule there, Gene, but it it seemed like he was down just hanging around for 10 minutes, and that's what made it look look really bad for me gene here's what i did because i'm trying to make money i'm trying to make the smartest wager that i can and for me it came down to to jan getting a second look and for the way that he was taking over that fight we don't know if that fight was going the distance the way it looked it looked like it was about to start getting really ugly really quick so for me i think that that you can make a real solid case that that Jan can't stop this. And look, he might want to, he might not be exactly the happiest camper knowing that, you know, he didn't get the belt. And look, maybe, maybe that was Sterling's, you know, kind of his angle there was like, Hey, if I have the belt and I get to fight again, I might be the A side. Maybe there's money involved where if you hold the belt, you know, maybe you, you get 60 or 70% of the purse. I don't know. I don't know how all that works, but, Jan um, is he's got to be salty. So is he going to go in there and look to drag this out over five rounds? I don't know. I don't think so. But here's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> and this is probably not going to be the um, the greatest recommendation for some of you. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to parlay Jan And I'm going to parlay him with a fight that takes place later on that night. Not a UFC event, a boxing match. I'm going to go ahead and put him in a parlay. With Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, Golovkin's fighting uh, right around three o'clock in the morning on the eastern on on the East Coast time, but Golovkin's going to knock out the guy that he's fighting. I think he's fighting Murata. It, that fight won't be close. Triple G and Canelo are on a collision course to meet for the trilogy fight. Triple G's going to knock this guy out, and you could take Jan to win and Triple G by KO and you can get minus 140 on that. That's the way I want to attack this. I don't want to put Jan with Chemayev because then I'm still laying minus 300 or Jan with Volkanovsky, because then I'm laying like 400. And look, I don't have any problem with that parlay that you had, the, the Levitard parlay. I think we we probably assume here, Gene, that all three of these guys can walk through. But again, you're trying to pick three fighters to all win. And and we know, you know that maybe the zombie could, could land some crazy, you know, spinning kick or something or, or Aljamain somehow gets yawned down and, and gets him choked out or, you know, Gilbert burns some way, somehow, you know, his, his jujitsu just prevails and, and, and Kamsa has no answer for, for burns constantly take him down. Like we don't know. Um, it, it's very unlikely, but I, I don't like personally the same way you don't want to lay 500. I don't want to put, you know, three fighters into a parlay um, and, and a lot of that's just past experience for me, Gene, um, that I haven't had success doing that, but that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play Yan to win and triple G to win by knockout. That's what I'm going to do there, Gene. So, um, good, good stuff on that fight, Gene. That, that's going to be a good one. I've been waiting for this fight. Probably. I would say this is probably definitely most likely in my top three, um, that I've been waiting for, for the entire year.
1: Yeah. I, I'm with you there. I mean, <laughs> Highly anticipated rematch, and not only because you got a belt, and I like Jan, he's one of the best fighters in the UFC. His style is amazing. It's just it, it's more that that um, Sterling get, gets his medicine, man. I, I I just yeah, and and listen, if, if Sterling wins, I will tell you right now, I'm gonna be devastated. So know if he wins, I'm crying in the corner somewhere because <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I feel like Yan I just want to see him exact that revenge, man. Well, I think we, I think one of the
0: reasons why we've been really waiting for this one is because we felt like we were cheated out of at least a result. Just give me a result, and you know we didn't get that, so we probably felt like you know we were cheating that aspect. So that's probably why you know now we want to see the real story. So you know that that fight's coming up. Let's jump into the title fight here, Gene. We got Volkanovski uh, against the Korean Zombie. Volkanovski minus eight hundred, Gene. So as I said, you know all the big fights of the night. I mean, you're you're you got large prices here. And that's been, you know, it's one of the difficulties on some of these cards is trying to figure out, you know, what to do with these guys and how to do it. Uh, for me, you know, Volkanovsky, clearly the class of the division, you know, he started um, to kind of, I guess you could say, kind of like the Usman, Izzy kind of thing where, you know, he's got a lap back around, uh, face a couple guys that, that aren't exactly anywhere near his level. And you know we're going to end up getting that here with the Korean zombie. Look, I don't think he's necessarily just another guy, you know, in the division, but you know, he hasn't faced Volkanovski, but you can argue, you know, that 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 the Korean zombie's not even a top 5 featherweight. Um here's what here's what I don't like about Volkanovski and it has me kind of making a certain wager on this one. He's coming off three wars, Gene, and and I think you will agree with me with that. You know, the last against Ortega, fight of the year candidate. For me, that's not a good thing. You know, it's good for your legacy, but it's not good for longevity. And with that said, I think Volkanovski actually goes out here and he tries to go ahead and get this over and done with to suffer as less damage as he possibly can and just get the Korean zombie, get him the hell out of there. And if he knocks him out, um, I would not be shocked. Zombie's been knocked out three times in his career. Um, I don't think these guys are really on the same level. I just wonder, and I kind of hope that Volkanovsky takes like you know this backseat to you know these that these brawls that you know have, that he's been in, and, and he can go ahead and keep himself healthy and and go ahead and be able to defend his title you know again and again. You know that that's that's going to be good for his career. Um, he's going to end up getting all the accolades, regardless of the fact. But, you know, the bloodbath type of brawls, um, that's going to end up hurting him in the end. And and he will lose the title. You know, if he continues to go ahead and, and get in these type of, uh, of, of just the, these all-out brawls, um, they're eventually going to hurt him, you know, in the end. So um, for me, I'm going to go ahead, Gene, and, and I'm going to go a little rogue on this one. Uh, I'm going to take Volkanovski to go ahead and win in round one, two, or three. Uh, I think he goes out and he tries to get this over early. And you can get that on FanDuel at plus 280. And I think the price was, you know, one of the things that really bought me in there. But I do get the first three rounds. And I I wonder what the zombie tries to do here, you know, early on in this fight. Is he going to get himself in trouble? Um, And, again, I just – I know how how fighters who are kind of on this type of path that he's on, how they kind of view things. It's like I can get five, six more fights under my belt. If I don't have to go out here and and, and put on a show, uh, I'm not going to. We see Floyd Mayweather do that. Go out there, step in the ring, don't get hit, put on a show, and if he needs to end it in four or five, six rounds, he'll end it in four or five, six rounds. If he needs it to go the distance, it'll go the distance, but he's not going to take any damage. Um, and and I think we're going to start to see that more and more with these guys who are getting into you know these type of fights where – some guys retire from fights like that. Like Gene, you saw that Ortega fight, dude. That wasn't pretty. It was a great fight to watch, but when it was over and done with, you had a feel for both guys, wondering how long it's going to be before we see them back in the ring. Are they going to be okay? You know, is there a potential that they might want to retire or something like that? Like we've seen guys do that. So that's what put me on that wager: Volkanovski to win in round one, two, or three, plus two eighty. There's no way you could fade him, Gene. You got to bet him somehow, and that's the only thing that that I can come up with.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's a bad bet. I, I just wanted to mention the second time you brought up the Fanduel. That's one cool thing about Fanduel. Like we had spoken on the last podcast, uh, we brought up that DraftKings, or maybe it was two podcasts ago, how DraftKings had the future UFC champs. Um, who's the champion on December 31st of 2022? That's you know I I like with with the popularity of MMA and and, and in particular particular the UFC funny because when we did that
0: podcast like our two favorite picks were Volkanovski and Jan and they're both on this card now
1: yeah yeah and uh and now you look at the price it looks amazing i mean i i looked i don't know a few weeks ago when Volkanovski to hold the title was like all the way up to like minus 500 or something by the end of the year at that time when we gave it out it was minus 190 so if you jumped on it at that time that was it was great um Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, it, th- to finish my thought, it's cool, you know, with the popularity, like I said, MMA and, and UFC. It's uh, cool to see that these books are opening up these these unique uh, betting opportunities for, for for bettors and stuff, it, or for the public, I should say. It, it's cool. You know, normally it was just, hey, straight, just who wins, maybe a couple props. But now, like you said, we got the Futures and FanDuel, or pardon me, and DraftKings, and then the FanDuel is really cool. I love um, a couple of the bets you brought up here. Um having uh what's his face uh Volkanovski win the first three rounds they have even Jan, another one that I liked if I would lean one hundred percent if you if you don't want to pay for Jan at minus five six hundred take him to win in round four five or decision, and I believe that's like minus one eighty five or something, so I forgot to bring that up but uh yeah, it's really cool um you can get a lot of cool betting opportunities with these apps now, so anyways um to the main event now. Yeah, so Volkanovski, I mean, I already teased it. I'm throwing him in a parlay. He, Yeah, like you said, he's just on another level right now. The guy, for me, what puts him on another level, it's a camp he comes out of. He comes out of that camp. He, It's like a sister camp of Adesanya's uh, camp. But you see how Adesanya fights. You see how um, Volkanovski fights. They're very cerebral, cerebral fighters. They're smart. They come into their fights with incredible game plans. They know what their opponent's going to do. They know how to counteract that. They're great at fakes and feints. They're incredible at using leg kicks to throw off the timing of their opponents. And and that's what I see Volkanovsky doing here. I, I think he's going to utilize those late kicks again. He you know he used that against Max Holloway. That's why he was able to beat Max two times. And the thing that you need to pay attention to when you're betting Volkanovsky, positive Uh, side of it is the guy is just he he has no quit I mean you saw with Max Max in the the first fight whatever he won the second fight in the rematch man Max clearly won the first two rounds and was on his way to winning that third round you need to win three out of five to to get that title Volkanovski turned it around won the third and then just dominated Max in the fourth and the fifth it's like the guy's just on another level in the sense of his grit toughness. Brian Ortega in his last fight, like you said, it was a war. And then he got into two deep submissions. Uh, one one was a guillotine and one was a triangle where like you thought it was over. I mean, he even said that it was he thought it was over. He's like this, he had f- visions of going back to his family, like this is how it all ends. You know, this is how I lose my title. But somehow, some way go back and watch that fight. You already said it was potentially fight of the year, I agree. And just watch that third round where he gets out of that that choke. It's incredible, man. Um, so you you have that on your side when you're betting Volkanovsky. Like he's a dog. He's gonna fight for your money. He's always gonna be there. Um, so when you're when he's going up against Korean Zombie, Korean Zombie, Chan Sung Jung. You know the name is apropos. The guy he's relentless. He pushes fo- relentless forward pressure. He's gonna take damage to give damage. Um, but the thing that's been happening to him recently is he has been getting rocked. Brian Ortega rocked him. Yair Rodriguez knocked him out. He defensively, it seems he's always had issues defensively and he has been knocked out in the past, but like as he's gotten, um, a, as he's gone um, deeper into his career, that defensive inefficiency has been rearing its its head and he's getting, he's getting rocked and Volkanovsky is a good striker and he's, Volkanovski is rocking his opponents you know even the Brian Ortega he 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 should have finished it you you could have you know the ref could have jumped in early in that fight and called it Brian Ortega was pretty much on life support so uh, Volkanovski has a propensity for for um for inflicting major damage on his on his opponents uh he's kind of been unfairly I get it I do get it but it's unfair uh he's been labeled a decision fighter and that moniker brings about boredom. The thoughts of boredom, like, ah, he's just a boring fighter. He, he's a decision fighter, but you go back and watch his fights. They're, they're exciting. And he, he is landing fight ending shots. It's just the guys that he, the guys that he is fighting are just incredibly tough. Max Holloway two times, Brian Ortega. Like these are guys that can take damage for five straight rounds and Volkanovski just hasn't had the opportunity to get him out. Well, he, he's going to have the opportunity here against Korean Zombie, where Korean Zombie is susceptible to some some of this crazy damage and is willing to go to war. And I think Volkanovski, you know, he was supposed to fight Max Holloway a third time. Max Holloway got hurt. That's why you have Korean Zombie stepping in. And I, I think he's just going to run over Korean Zombie. I think he, he he sees this as an opportunity for a statement win where he can. Finally put, you know, put the whole decision thing to bed and actually get a knockout victory here. So, um, yeah, for me, I already I already bet it. I got Volkanovski winning by by KO and you can get that um, at plus 200, actually. And, you know, it's great odds. Pardon me. It's not great odds. I shouldn't say it's great odds, but it's good odds, you know, plus 200. Um, because everyone thinks it's going to go to a decision. I believe a decision victory is like minus one hundred and sixty. So it just goes to show you what the books are thinking and uh, what the public's thinking in general, just given Volkanovsky's history. But if you, like I said, if you go back and watch those fights and you dive in deep on those things, you'll see that he's landing fight-ending shots. It's just he's fighting, he's fighting, you know, guys that aren't human, guys that just can take take incredible damage. And, And Chan Sung Jung. Korean zombie. He's not one of those people. At least at this point in his career, he's not. He's not one of those, um, one of those fighters. So um, I got Volkanovski here. I think he dominates, and it's going to set up a, a trilogy with with Max Holloway. Hey, for my bet, hopefully at the beginning of next year in 2023, but um, potentially at the end of this year, uh, you'll see that trilogy with Max Holloway. That'll be interesting if that fight takes place. And look,
0: Gene, it, it's a difficult card to go ahead and try to, you know, break down and find bets when you got guys that are laying 500, 500, 800. So, um, you know, for the listeners, we, we did the best that we could, you know, to try to find you something that, that wasn't going to, you know, damage your pocketbook in any way. Now, Jim, before we before we wrap up, I do want to ask you a question, too, because this was on my mind going back to, you remember that 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 Mutino fight where the, the dude was just taking so much damage and we saw it with Ortega too like a lot of damage. Do you think that that eventually that that the UFC might actually say that the doctor can stop the fight even during the middle of a round, like the doctor can throw the towel in? Because look, it's hard at times, you know, for a fighter to to not get up off the stool. Um it's really hard for, you know, his corner to throw in the towel. And I think at times and we've seen this before and and the reason I brought up those two fights is now you put the referee in a predicament to where, boy, you would really like to see it go the distance, but you know that these referees, like you know Herb Dean, everybody knows who Herb Dean is. He doesn't want any negative press. He doesn't want you know the the the, the hate uh, tweets and all that stuff like that. Like, do you think maybe they should introduce some type of way? Because look, this isn't boxing. This is you know this is mixed martial arts where people are getting kicked in the head and punched in the head and 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 taking a lot more damage than they are in boxing. Do you think maybe that might be something that we see in the future? Do you think that that's something that that you would like to see? Because I I felt uncomfortable for the referees in those fights because I felt like they should have been stopped. Regardless of how good that fight is, I think that at some point, somebody has to step in and say, enough's enough, regardless of the fact. Somebody has to stop it. And I, I always felt like, why not have the doctor do it because there's going to be zero criticism in, in, you know, on, on, I guess you get, you get what I mean there, yeah. Gene. Like somebody has to be involved into, in, and it can't happen at the end of the round. It should happen during the middle of the round when you just know, like, like that Moutinho guy, he got hit 700 times. He wouldn't go down. He wasn't going to go down. If you would have left him out there for another two or three rounds with the gas tank that dude had, there's a good chance he could have ended up dead. So, that's just kind of where I'm at with it, and I think that they they do need to to bring that type of rule into the UFC. Not sure you agree, and that's where I'm at with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't agree with like in the middle of the round. I just I think you let it let it play out, and I think in the Matinho fight you saw, I mean it should have been stopped earlier, but you saw. Um, Herb Dean fight. I mean, geez, it was what ten seconds left in the with the fight left. So I guess it, uh, it was too late to be honest. He should have stopped it earlier. And that's something that Herb Deans had issues with recently in his career. Even though he's one of the best refs in the game, he's he's had issues with that with stopping uh, fights. But I think I think at the end of the day, it's on the ref and it's on the corner. Um, it's kind of hard for a doctor in the middle in the middle of a fight or in the middle of some exchanges to signal or what, stand on the cage, you know, wave the ref, um, ref down and say, Hey, stop. It. I think, I think what has to happen. And I think it does happen right now, but it's with the commissions. You just have to educate the, the, the refs, which I think they do. You know, the UFC has some of the best refs in general. And a lot of these commissions have some of the best refs in general, you know, cause it's a, it's a commission that actually supplies the refs. It's not the UFC. Um, but, uh, you just have to continue to educate, those the the upcoming refs and you know keep training the the current refs and maybe promote a a culture that says hey you know um fall on the safe side of this you know if this guy's taking way too much damage like you know just call it you know don't don't allow him to take uh, you know three four more punches I think that's that and then the corners too you know you just gotta you gotta talk to these camps and just say hey man you know, you only have so many fights. You can only take so much damage. We see that with, with the NFL, um, you know, for years it was cool, all these hits, and ESPN would always run, you know, run those highlights of people getting knocked out and stuff And until you start diving into it and you realize, like, man, it's really messing these people up. People are dying as a result of this CTE. And so um, the fighting is no different. These guys get CTE, you know, like Muhammad Ali. Uh, I know it's he didn't get, he didn't get diagnosed with CTE, but – I think it's pretty obvious that, that Parkinson's was was as a result of his fighting career. And so uh, what you want to do is just educate these, these young fighters to say, hey, man, you know, you only have so many fights, but you have a long life to live and you want a good quality of life for not only yourself, but your family, your kids and friends. So um, I think that's the only way you can do is just educate the fighters, educate the, the camps to say, hey, just throw in the towel. you know, You're no less of a man or no less of a coach for throwing in the towel. And then um, most importantly, though, it needs to be the ref who's obviously in control of what's going on inside that cage um, to make sure that, hey, is this guy taking too much damage? Well, then they should hold, you know, referees accountable
0: when Sugar Sean's out there just literally beating the crap out of a dude. And it's, you know, it's going to be a unanimous decision. Like, I get it. If it's a 50-50 fight, sure, you know, let it play out because you don't know what the judges have, but when it's like a unanimous decision that's coming, you know, in the way of one fighter, then somebody has to step in. And I, and I get that, but look, I think, I think the doctor could watch the fight just as much as, as, as the referee can. I mean, there's a monitor right there. He's sitting right there. Like at some point, you know, you have to do your best to protect, you know, a fighter who's not going to win. If if there, there, would there have been any controversy had had a doctor thrown the towel in? No, no. There's no way they would have, but I think it was just, and and you saw the fight too, there, Gene, and we we've seen many of fights like that before. Like, boy, you would really like to see the guy finish the fight, just because it's uh it's going to be good for his records. Can be like, you know what, he he stood in there with Sugar Sean, you know, for five rounds. It was like that that dude's badass. And granted, that dude is badass, but at the same time, you know, it's it's stuff like that that you know gets people hurt. Uh, potentially somebody could die. And then wh- what the hell does the sport do? If something like that happens, they're immediately cleaning that up. The, the referee's probably getting suspended. The corners are getting worse. They're going through all that. And they're also going to take, you know, another precaution to say, we need to make sure that this shit doesn't happen ever again. So I'm just saying, I would like to see that. Don't be surprised if that eventually comes down. Hopefully it doesn't take something like that. But, you know, when a guy's getting his rear end kicked, and you know it's going to be a unanimous decision. Um, something has to be done. And I agree with you, Gene, um, that they probably are educating, you know, both sides, the referees and everybody, probably even the doctors as well, you know, in between the rounds to say, look, if it's, you know, if it's getting ugly, you know, we want to, you know, do the best we can to, you know, keep these guys, you know, healthy and upright. So,
1: and, yeah, let me jump in here. I, I agree with you. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that needs to happen more. You know, um, uh, she's on this card. Um, earlier in the night, fighting Aspen Ladd, and she has a has a famous interaction with her corner against. She fought Amanda Nunes, and she was just getting brutalized. And she went back to the corner and just said, "I'm done. I, I, I'm done." And their corner's like, "No, no. You, you know, you're not done. Come on. You know, you're in a championship. You know, you, you got one more in you. You got one more in you." And she's like, no, "I'm done." And they pretty much forced her back out there again, and she got knocked out viciously in the next round. And she had already. They should have already called that. I mean, she was just getting brutalized. I remember that fight
0: because I remember the referee was – he wanted to stop it before the corner did. Yes. And the yeah. corner talked him out of
1: it. Yes, yes. And, again, that goes back to the educating and the judges. Like, the I don't know what ref it was. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Herb Dean. I'm not trying to describe you.
0: you know, I think it was, Gene. Yeah. I, I actually do. I think it was. If it wasn't him, I think it
1: might have been Mark Goddard. Okay. I'd be surprised if it was Goddard because he's – you know. Uh, they're they're both great. Like I don't want to disparage Herb Dean. I, I think he's one of the best. And but something's been going on with this dude in the past couple years where he's like he's it's almost like that Knobloch. I don't know if you remember Chuck Knobloch on the uh, with the Yankees. He couldn't throw the first base from second base. You know, it was like or or, or Rick Ankeel. You know, the pitcher from the Cardinals is the same thing. Like he threw it to the backstop. Like there's just so he they had the yips, and uh, Herb Dean has had the yips for a couple years now. I will say. Um, in the past, whatever year he's been cool. Like, it seems like he's actually been, um, you know, kind of reversed that, but there was just some going on with him for a while where he was making, he was so indecisive. He'd run in like, Oh, the fight's over, but it wasn't over. And, uh, you know, go look at the Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Reba's fight. That's a prime example. That's the one where it was, um, Conor McGregor Poirier two, um, or no Conor McGregor Poirier one, I should say. And uh, it was Amanda Reba's versus Marina Rodriguez, and like Herb Dean, uh, Rodriguez thought the fight was over. She like walked away because Herb Dean looked like it was over. You know, he's indecisive. So long story short, I don't want to ramble on about this. What I'm just getting at is, you know, you need these refs to to be decisive and to stop it. There's there's no you know there's no shame in the game, man. You're getting your ass whoop like just get out of there. I don't I don't and from what I've seen when it's happened the past, has been towels thrown in. The fans are thinking less of the fighter. I mean, it's, it's on the corner, you know? So, um, anyways, yeah, that, that's that. But before I know we're about to wrap up the one thing I'll just quickly say, um, I am as usual, I'm writing this article for uh, the betting predators covering some other fights that I like on this card, some more props, things that all my picks from top to bottom. So uh check it out. I put, you know, plan on posting that on so, at some time on Friday. Um, and that's a more in-depth look at, at the uh, at the card on Saturday, UFC 273. All right. Well, make sure you guys
0: double check and make sure you get all that stuff from Gene. You guys could always get Gene on his Twitter account at Mean Gene uh, I will say this, Gene. One thing about our podcast, this particular podcast, a UFC podcast. You know, since you and I had started this podcast, um, we've never lost listenership. Uh, we've gained listeners. Since we started and and I've told you that offline uh, multiple times, but one of the things we don't get gene we don't, we don't really get any interaction with our podcast so if those of you guys that are listening, you know feel free to to reach out to me and Gene ask us questions you know tell us we're cool, tell us we suck, tell us you know what maybe you would like to hear on the podcast or or something that maybe you know that, that you don't like that, that you think me and Gene should take away you know help us out a little bit. Um, you know, just, you know, like our podcast, subscribe to it. If you're not subscribed at the bettingpress.com or on the anchor podcast. Um, but hopefully you guys do well. Um, really excited. This is a fun podcast, Gene. Uh, it's always nice to go ahead and sit down and talk a little UFC. Uh, we have some big cards coming up. Uh, my girl, Valentina Shevchenko will be coming up here soon. Uh, what other fights are coming up here, Gene? What's the, the, the next big UFC event? Um,
1: uh, we got is Olivera versus Gaethje. Uh, big you know yeah huge lightweight and then on that it's it, again two uh two title fights. Uh you also have Rosnami Yunus for versus Carlos Sparza for the strawweight title and that's going to be in Phoenix Arizona UFC 274. Um that's May 7th. So we're looking a month away. Uh some other fights Donald Cerrone versus Joe loison Uh so that should be good. O- Oven St. Peru versus Shogun Hua. But the the big one the 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 the, the, the fans fight is gonna be Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson is on that is on that card as well. So we're look we're looking at another pretty big UFC pay-per-view. Some other fun fights that we'll break down to, some meaningful fights for for some of these other divisions. And then uh after that you have um two seventy five which is gonna be Teixeira versus Porchaska for the light heavyweight title. And that's gonna be in Singapore. So that's gonna be pretty cool um, like you said, Valentina. Was gonna, Valentina Shevchenko is going to be on there against a pretty solid opponent in Santos. I'm actually looking forward to that. I think it's going to be one of her tough. She should still win, but it's going to be definitely a, a competitive fight. And then you got Robert Whitaker versus Marvin Vittori on that. So the UFC man, they're 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 stacking these pay per views, man. It's it's fun. You know, it started off slow this year, but now it's starting to pick up steam, and I'm really looking forward to. Um, you know, to these pay-per-views and then obviously International Fight Week, which is in July, which is always a, a massive pay-per-view. So looking forward to see who who they put on that card. I'll throw this in there, too. You said follow me on Twitter. You know, some of these smaller cards, um, I will do a write-up once in a while. Uh, but what I definitely will do is I'll post some of my picks. You know, if, if I don't do a write-up, I'll definitely send out uh, some picks on my Twitter. Sometimes I'll be honest with you. As Some of these guys will even DM me once in a while. Uh, a few of these guys um, asking, hey, are you going to put out a, a, an article? Hey, I'm going to this fight. Any chance that you can give me a breakdown or something like that? I got no problem doing that, man. I, I love doing this thing. I love breaking down these fights. It, it's it's no sweat off my back. So um feel free to hit me up on, on Twitter. Uh, I'll definitely give you some of my picks. And, and just in general, I'm going to post my picks on there. If I don't do a full breakdown or, or Sleepy and I don't do a podcast for it. Well, we'll certainly
0: be doing more podcasts here coming up, Gene, as you mentioned, big
1: fights coming up. Uh, as
0: Gene mentioned, you can get him on his Twitter, me and Gene0022. Uh, you guys can get me on my Twitter as well at SleepyG underscore pregame. You guys can always get us at the com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for UFC 273. Enjoy the fights.